0: Last time, on Anonymous, God Behind the Scenes. We have come a long way through the book of Esther. We've seen a petty and foolish king take a beautiful young Jewish girl as his queen. Her name, of course, is Esther. She had an uncle named Mordecai, who would not bow down to a wicked man named Haman, who was second in command of the entire kingdom. So as a result, Haman hatched a wicked plot to not only kill Mordecai, but also to wipe out all the Jewish people. Esther set out on a mission, impossible if you will, to stop this plan of Haman's in order to save her people from a certain slaughter. Against all impossible odds, And through a set of amazing and miraculous coincidences, she accomplished her mission. Proud Haman was put to death, while her humble and patient uncle Mordecai received the position of being second in command over the entire empire. So today, let's see how this develops in Esther 9 and 10. In these chapters, we see the end result of Haman's plot. The Persian law could not be reversed. Once the king said something, it had to be. And so even though Haman was dead, even though he was dead, his plan is still active. Haman had created a kill the Jew holiday in which any Persian who wanted to could go out and kill and plunder the Jewish people. So in Esther chapter 9, we see that day has finally arrived. So let me, tell you the, let me tell you the story of Esther chapters 9 and 10. We see in verse 1 that this is on the 13th day of the 12th month. So about nine months have passed since chapter 8. This is the day that Haman chose by casting the lots to eradicate the Jews, and on which the enemies of the Jews were hoping to do just that. But the verse indicates that just the opposite happened. In fact, the Jews got the upper hand over all of those who hated them. Far from being eradicated and destroyed, the Jews were now able to defend themselves against all attackers. Though Persian though Persian law cannot be reversed, Esther and Mordecai had been able to send out another decree on top of that decree, which allowed the Jews to defend themselves if they were attacked. And that's exactly what happened. And then in verses three and four, we see that even the leaders of the empire were afraid this time of Mordecai, since he was the second in command, and Haman oh, and since he was the second command in the empire, they had, he had become more and more powerful so that they helped the Jews. If Haman had still been in command, these other officials would certainly have helped slaughter the Jews. But instead, they helped the Jews because Mordecai was so honored and respected. And then that just keeps going and going and going. And then verses 11 through 13, we see the tone of the king here, according to commentators, is one of admiration. The king is saying, wow, look how much you have accomplished This is amazing. Can I give you anything else? And this does not surprise us, for we know that the king was proud, petty, and impulsive, and he really didn't care for his people. So Esther, we see Esther asks that the edict be allowed to go on for another day, in case there needed to be any other people put down. And the king says, sure, sure. And then she asked that the the edict would happen, not only in the city of Susa, but that Haman's ten sons would all be hanged or impaled on the same pole that their father was. Remember, this hanging is not a Western hangman's noose, but being impaled on the stake in public places, as reminders, as examples, as a visual warning of what happens to those who disobey or displease the king. So he does it. Verses 16 and 17, this is an account of what happened in all of the Persian provinces. Remember that the events of the book of Esther take place in Susa, which is the capital city of Persia. But way to the west of Persia was a small group of Jewish people struggling to rebuild the temple in Jerusalem. They had been at it for decades now and basically stopped working because of the threats against their lives and the danger that was faced from their enemies who lived in the nearby cities of Shechem and Samaria. In verses 18 and 19 we see, And as a result of these events, Mordecai makes the 14th and 15th days of the month, of Adar, a national Jewish holiday. There were seven national holidays instituted by God in Leviticus. And two of those were a result of historical events that were instituted by, and two, and two of those were instituted by men. This is one of those days. This is one of those days. One of these days is Hanukkah, right? You guys know Hanukkah. The other day is this day, and it's called Purim. Does anybody know why the day is called Purim? Because remember, we we talked before, a pure was a dice. So the dice was cast by Haman to figure the days that would kill all the Jews. So they cast these dice and they set the day. We're going to kill the Jews on this day. So Purim was kind of tongue-in-cheek. It's kind of like in your face, Haman. Because they named the day Purim because they remember that even the dice are controlled by God. And so they celebrate Purim to this day. Purim is like our 4th of July. But they exchange gifts as well. So Purim is instituted here, but sadly today, the Feast of Purim has very little to do with God's deliverance. It has turned into feasting and drinking and giving gifts, kind of like our Fourth of July. Why is it every, every Independence Day always involves, like, debauchery. What's up with that? Blowing stuff up. One rabbi says that on this day alone, it is allowed for a Jew to drink so much wine that he cannot tell the difference between the two cheers of blessed be Mordecai and cursed be Haman. And then we see in chapter 10, chapter 10 is only three verses long. So chapter 10, 10, verse 3, this is the final verse, and it would be a great verse for every politician to take as a life verse. For all of our politicians out there. Or at least as an example to live by. And it's this. Mordecai was second in command and he was held at high, high self-esteem. Why? Because he worked for and he defended his people. And it's not said here, but because he honored God. He's honored God. That's it. 9 and 10, we're done with Esther. Esther 9 is the, kind of the, the capstone, it's kind of the, the wrap-up of the whole thing. The story of Esther concludes in Esther 9 and 10 with a series of events which shows God is, his, is with and for his people even when his presence is not actively recognized or seen. So this morning we have three things to remember from the book of Esther. Number one, God is faithful. Esther 1 on the thirteenth day of the twelfth month, the month of Adar, the edict commanded by the king was to be carried out. On this day, the enemies of the Jews had hoped to overpower them, but now the tables were turned, and the Jews got the upper hand over those who hated them. You can go down to verses 13 and 14. It, if it pleases the king, Esther answered, give the Jews and Susa permission to carry out this day's edict tomorrow as well. And let Haman's ten sons be impaled on poles. So the king commanded this to be done, and an edict was issued in Susa, and they impaled the ten sons of Haman. Listen, God loves his creation. He loves his people. His desire is that for all of his children would know him. Every one of them. Every one of them. Just looking at the end of the last chapter, we see that God is not going to let His chosen be annihilated. Even if it was their fault that they were in exile in the first place. We see that, right? The whole reason that the Jews were in Persia was because they had been unfaithful to God. And they have, God allowed them to be punished. That's why they were in Persia in the first place. They were being punished. His desire was for them to learn a hard lesson, to remind them of who He is, and to get people that were not faithful to Him to be faithful. Because He is always faithful to them. And He is always faithful to us. God doesn't change. He is still trustworthy. He is still faithful. And He wants to see all of us, all of us, His creation, find their way back to him that's what god wants look at second 2 timothy 2 13 if we are unfaithful he remains faithful for he cannot deny who he is and god is a faithful god i've talked about the story and the idea of covenant many times over the last five years you know, covenants are the backbone of the biblical story. There's a good definition of covenants is this. Covenants can be defined as follows. A covenant is a chosen relationship in which two parties make binding promises to each other. And throughout the Bible story, God has many key covenants. Do you know some of them? Adam and Eve. That was a key covenant. Noah. You guys remember that? I will never, what, destroy the earth again. And a rainbow was was given, right? Abraham, Mount Sinai with the Ten Commandments, with David, and many, many more. God is a God of covenants. He loves covenants. It's his thing. However, God's new covenant is the climax of all the other covenants. And we celebrate this covenant every week, just like John said. Every week we celebrate this covenant because we want to remember. Remember how God is faithful. Luke 22.20, after supper he took another cup of wine and said, This cup is the new covenant between God and his people. An agreement confirmed with my blood, which is poured out as a sacrifice for you. So I know we talk about this every week. But this new covenant, this new covenant through Jesus was sealed in blood. His blood. Hebrews 7.22 says, This makes Jesus the guarantor of a better covenant. And it states that if we will remember and honor Jesus for what he has done for us, then he will save us from our sins, from certain death and separation from God. Listen to Ephesians 2, 8 and 9. God saved you by his grace when you believed. And you can't take credit for this. It is a gift from God. Salvation is not a reward for the good things we have done, so no one can boast about it. And not only will he save us, not only will he free us, but according to Romans 8, but you are not controlled by your sinful nature, you are controlled by the Spirit. If you have the Spirit of God living in you, and remember that those who do not have the Spirit of Christ living in them do not belong to Him at all. And Christ lives within you. So even though your body will die because of sin, the Spirit gives you life. Because you have been made right with God. The Spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. And just as God raised Christ from the dead, he will give life to your mortal bodies by the same Spirit living within you. This is God's nature. We see it all over the place, especially here in Esther, but more importantly for us, through the life and the ministry and the death and the resurrection of Jesus. Number two. When we see God's faithfulness, celebrate. Esther nine twenty six 26 twenty eight. Therefore, these days were called Purim from the, from the word pure, or Pur, Purim. Because of everything written in this letter and because of what they had seen and what had happened to them, the Jews took it on themselves to establish the custom that they and their descendants and all who joined them should without fail observe these two days every year in the way prescribed and the time appointed. These days should be remembered and observed in every generation by every family and in every province and in every city. And these days of Purim should never fail to be celebrated by the Jews, nor should the memory of these days die out among their descendants. Pur is the Hebrew word of lot or dice, and so they've named the festival after the casting of a lot. Who used the casting of lots in the book of Esther? It wasn't Esther. It wasn't Mordecai. It wasn't the Jews. But Haman. So Mordecai, in this festival, after what Haman has done, is now naming that festival Purim, which is Mordecai saying, in your face, Haman. And the item used by Haman to make a decision about when to annihilate the Jews now becomes a symbol of God's deliverance through circumstances. It would be today like dice becoming symbolic for God's provision. What the world uses, God can turn for his own purposes. I don't know about you, but sometimes I forget to celebrate the goodness of God. Is anybody there with me? We get so caught up in all the bad, terrible, down things in this world that we forget to celebrate how good God is. And Team Song was driving down the road the other day, day near Aaron and Patty's house. It was just dark. And our new van, our new-to-us van, we're driving it, and we're loving it. And out of the corner of my eye, you guys know what's going to happen. I catch, I catch a glint, so I'm like, oh, no, here we go. And I, I mean, I tried, I tried, I tried. That deer ran right into the side of me. Like, we didn't hit it. It ran into the side of me. And then it bounced off of the, off the side of us, rolled up, up on the hood, and broke our, wind, our, uh, not our windshield, our, our, our headlight, and it was just crazy. And I remember just sitting there going, we just got this van like three months ago. What in the world is happening? And I was mad, and I'm like sitting there, we're waiting on the, you know, we're waiting on the sheriff to show up, and, and we're like, this is, you know, I, I go, and I'm trying to find this deer, there's a hunter, he's, he's trying to find a deer, because he saw the deer laying down in the road, which isn't a good sign, and so anyway, every time we would go to find this deer, it might be the only deer I get this year, but if we, we go to get this deer, and he would, she would, she would jump up and, and jump, you know, run a 10 yards or so, and then, then lay back down, and We just kept driving her deeper and deeper in the woods. And we're like, we just need to stop. And so I remember being so upset about this deal. And I forgot to celebrate something. God is good. And God protected our family that day. God protected us that evening. There was not another car involved. There wasn't... Anything crazy that happened, we didn't go careening off the road. We have to go take it to the shop and get it fixed. And insurance will pay for it. God is good. You know, that was minor compared to some of the other ones in our lives, right? When Heather was 12 weeks pregnant with Elijah, um, she thought she was miscarrying the baby. And we went to the, the hospital, and they're like, yeah, she's miscarrying the baby. And we know there's a lot of stuff that happened in Elijah's life. But that little boy definitely is not, not dead. You spend five minutes with him, and you'll, you'll know. He, he's, there's nothing wrong with him. He'll scream at you at the top of his lungs. Never, he's never quiet. But God is good. And when we see God's faithfulness, we need to celebrate. God is good, church. He is always faithful. And sometimes, sometimes we miss it. So when we say it, when we see it, when we see God is faithful, let's celebrate. There is no reason that God's people should be, nor do we have to be, stuffy. We are the ones with something to celebrate. More so than anyone else. We have Jesus. We have eternal life. We have joy. We have peace. We have love. God has been so good to us. So this morning, I'm going to do something uncomfortable because that's what I do. Let's celebrate. Does anyone want to tell me or tell us? How good God is, and how faithful He has been to you in your life. Anybody? I, I, be bold. I know it's going to be a short, much shorter sermon, if not. Which some of you like? Yeah, let's do that. Does anybody want to say how good God is? I'll bring the mic to you. You know, what? you just you just got to sit there. All right, Judy. Come on. A year ago, I was diagnosed with Alzheimer's, and I couldn't write my name. I couldn't do anything. I had to depend on my husband. And with prayer and medication, I have gotten all of my abilities pretty much back. And I know that God did that for me. And I praise him so much. God is faithful. Yes. Amen. Amen. Yeah, I, I I just want to, I'm sure everybody has something to be thankful for, but just a couple of weeks ago, Hunter was involved in an uh, accident. And uh, after seeing a car was so, as his dad says, we could be, I could be not ready for his birthday, Hunter's birthday, but also getting ready for his funeral. So we know God was with him and also the, uh, the the farmer that he uh, struck the the grain wagon. So that's it. Because God is is faithful, so we celebrate, right? (laughs) Come on, somebody else. Somebody else. Let's tell how good God is. Anybody? (laughs) Anybody else? Okay. All All right. This isn't simple, but i just cured of cancer five years now, so, so I'm thankful for that. Yeah, God is faithful. Everybody's close. Absolutely. Anybody else need to celebrate this morning anything God has done in their lives? Yes, Sharon. When my son could have been involved in 911, and he was kept safe. Yeah. All right, God is good. With all the turmoils going on in the world right now, I think we all ought to be thankful that we can worship God anytime, any place we care, without the fear of being arrested, thrown in jail, or even murdered. Absolutely, yeah. My heart breaks for those in in, in Afghanistan. Let's celebrate God for that. Anybody else this morning, we also want to be bold. Celebrate how good God is. Going once, going twice. Sold. God is good. He is faithful. And when we see his faithfulness, we need to celebrate. Number three, God honors our faithfulness. Esther 10.3, Mordecai the Jew was second in rank to King Xerxes, preeminent among the Jews, and held in high self-esteem, or high esteem by his many fellow Jews, because he worked for the good of his people and spoke up for the welfare of Of all the Jews. Chapter 10 of Esther is the mere three verses, but they are there so that those reading might see that God sees everything. He sees everything. He saw Esther. He saw Mordecai. He saw the plight of his people. And he acts, he saves, and he honors. He honored Esther by giving her the biggest estate in the entire kingdom. Here he honors Mordecai by raising him to be second in command over all the kingdom of Persia, all 127 provinces. Does that remind you of another story in the Bible? Maybe the story of Joseph. You guys remember Joseph was faithful, right? And God always honors faithfulness. Joseph, too, was raised to the second in command over all of Egypt. I know you're saying to yourself, eh, there have been plenty of times, and I have known plenty of people that have been faithful to God and nothing. I know it. I know you're saying it. But I want you to remember our story here. Remember how God was faithful in the story of Esther. A story where he was never even bothered to be mentioned. And imagine if God is faithful here, then God will be faithful to those of us that are trying to honor him. To serve him. Now remember, Paul said, to live is Christ, to die is gain. And when Paul died, he received all the honor and glory that he had banked in the bank of God. Listen to what he says here in 1 Corinthians fifteen fifty eight. So my dear brothers and sisters, be strong and immovable. Always work enthusiastically for the Lord, for you know that nothing you do for the Lord is ever useless. And then again in Galatians, where he says, which you know, we went through earlier this year, Galatians 6, 7 through 9, don't be misled, you cannot mock the justice of God. You will always harvest what you plant. Those who live only to satisfy their own sinful nature will harvest decay and death from their sinful nature. But those who live to please the Spirit will harvest everlasting life from the Spirit. So let's not be tired of doing what is good. At just the right time, we will reap a harvest of blessing if we don't give up. How about this? Let's remember the words of Jesus. Give and you will receive. Luke 6.38 Your gift will return to you in full, pressed down, shaken together to make room for more, running over, poured into your lap. The amount you give will determine the amount you give back. God sees us. God sees us. You. Don't give up. Never, ever give up. Be faithful. And when you are faithful, maybe not on this earth, maybe not in this life, you will be rewarded. You will be honored for your faithfulness by the King of Kings, by the Lord of Lords, by Jesus Himself. Don't give up. Do good. Be faithful. Honor God.